If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet PlushCare, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Forrest and Dr. Drew. Here we are. Hey, buddy. Welcome to the This Life podcast. Bob, what's happening, buddy? We're back. We are back indeed, and we are joined by Curtis Matthews and Mark Lundholm. Am I pronouncing the name right? You Mark? are correct, sir. Mark Lundholm. Describe the organization. Describe what you guys are doing. This is the comedy, Attic Comedy it. Tour. I've We've seen, seen it. it. I haven't seen this tour, but I've seen these guys. Yes, I, I did. So we did celebrity rehab in yeah. two thousand and eight. Go ahead, Mark. Tell me yeah, about the tour. Attic's tell me how funny tour. it is. Yes. yes. Uh, let's see. <laughs> it is. It's funnier than they're used to talking about this disease. From, from I'll tell you that. Uh, it's a couple of guys who've uh, maintained a certain amount of uh, liberty from addiction, doing recovery process, uh, all kinds of shame and blame, and uh, dysfunctional family feud stuff. Uh, we put it out in a way that's uh, gentle, funny, um, and relatable. Uh, easier, easier relatable. But, but one of the things people miss about addiction, and that I kind of love about it, the working with addicts, fucking funny. Addicts are funny. The shit we, they pull and the stuff. It's just, I mean, it's, it's. You also have a dark sense of humor. No, you it can get become, it. It become tragic. I understand <laughs> it can get out of control and has a dark side. But when when people try to pull stuff on me, I just think oh, I just I just want to laugh out loud. Well, it's so funny for you. There's an EMT quality there. You you, you got to be a little bit uh, of a gallows humor yeah, guy. I guess. I guess that's what he wade, is. Wade yeah. through whatever he that is. is because humor has a way of uh, removing shame, lessening the threat, and making it memorable. If we make it funny. Something's easier to remember. What's your favorite TV commercial right now? Oh, it's all, always funny. Guarantee it's oh, funny. Oh, yeah. No, 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 so that it's been well, mine isn't funny. The opiate poop medicine. Oh. <laughs> but see, but you could, I could make... Do you I, know about this? Yeah. Have you heard about it? Yeah. Oh, oh my Bob God. Bob's into poop. <laughs> yeah, for you, just Bob. Getting, just getting started, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but it's... it's Yeah, that... But to me, if an addict comes in and starts working me for that medication... Now I'm laughing. Now it's like, oh come on! Yeah, they've the never people seen... that the businesses that advocate, I'm angry, and the government agencies that it's think crazy. It's great How ideas. many millions oh. of Americans must be on opiates if they have a medicine to poop when you're on it? Oh, listen, he's still you, on the poop. You, you understand something? <laughs> I hope you have a good poop today, guys. Bob. In, in I the already heyday, did, my friend. Thank heyday. you for sharing. <laughs> Go ahead. The heyday of chronic pain management. This was the big grail, which we got to come up with something that lets us give our patients appropriate amounts of pain medicine without needing to have their colon removed. I'm not kidding. Uh, it really was terrible. Sad. Hasn't Were you addiction ever pills, morphed? Pills, everything? I, I did yeah. a, a, everything in, in certain stages, and then I found a favorite flavor. What was it? Yeah, it was meth. Oh, yeah. Meth? Yeah, I would, I would snort. I wouldn't pick you as a meth addict. Well, I, I was, well you're a pro. You tell me what I was doing. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I just say, oh, I just painkillers, opiates, benzos. You know testing. what? I did. Uh, I snorted heroin to come down so oh, I could go. go boost stuff out of the oh, liquor store. Because they, they watched this guy. You know, they, 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 yeah. the guy who, you know, shuffles along, they don't keep an eye on him. <laughs> so it was balanced. It was a three-ring circus under one tiny little tent in my head, you know. And where I was, was it in San Francisco? That's where uh, you I was hit bottom? Oakland, Oakland, California Oakland? native. Yeah. And I hit bottom there. Put a gun on my mouth, pulled the trigger, and it didn't go off. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was uh, 1988, and I was 120 pounds, shake and bake, looking, cook, tweak and peak, thump and bump guy off the street. Uh, just uh, rattling around in my own skin. See, that's the juxtaposition for me. There's, there's nothing funny about that. There's it, nothing. The, the funny. funny part about it was he like, can't even kill no, himself. Well, see, that was the thing. My, my you first, guys think that's funny. <laughs> well, I don't think that's funny. Listen, it took. You don't have to touch me while you're talking to me. About <laughs> it. 
Um, anyway, <laughs> fact, we, that, we, that was we, a yeah. don't touch me, Bob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm halfway but kidding. Anyway. I'm halfway. Take the hat off. We'll talk. But, <laughs> and then he'll uh, remove your cold. I, I, I pulled. I pulled the trigger and the gun jammed. And my first thought was, I suck at everything. <laughs> yeah, you know? I've heard other addicts describe that. So yeah. it was really a, a bottom. It was despair. Like I can't even do this. My yeah. my disease basically is. And and there are. A lot I think of uh, DJ Am said that about his suicide attempt. He said I can't even do that. I can't even it, kill my. I'm, so I'm a fat. He used to. I'm a fat cocaine egg. And I can't even kill myself. I'm not well, joking. At the Stadium in Motel by Dodger Stadium, I loaded so much heroin it looked like mud in there trying oof. to kill myself. I woke up like hours and hours later, and the first thing out of my mouth, dehydrated mouth, was, you got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah, I it, can't even do this. Yeah, but right. you had you tried to have, uh, share a needle with an AIDS patient. That was close. <laughs> well, that was just that was necessity. Yeah, that, listen, that's, that's necessity. That's, listen, that's, that's, See, that's like, funny. For me, that's, that's funny, too. I, I know me, that's what you meant, right, too. Right. It's the dark side. See, for me, uh, just doing dope was suicide on layaway. Oh, you know yeah, what I mean? of course. Of course it's, it not, it, it's all suicidal. Somebody yeah. says, I wasn't suicidal. Well, every time you use, you know you were going out. You just got a bag or a bottle to finish, so you're not done. It's coming. We just don't jump into it with both feet right away because we're, you know. Talk to us more about the don't commit to much. Where can we see well, it? My bo- let me share my bottom. Please, please. Where was your bottom? At least I have a bottom, Bob. <laughs> this is back to the colon stuff, evidently. <laughs> no, well, it was my second drunk driving accident, and uh, I missed a car full of girls, and I almost oh. died, and uh, it was in San Dimas. That's really the bottom. Anything that happens in San Dimas is the bottom. Yeah, yeah that is yeah, true. Sure. And I was done. Bill and Ted's that big was, adventure. That was 84. You remember that. Yeah. So I, I quit uh, drinking and using in 84, and Mark was right behind me. We've been friends for 26 years. Wow. Tell more about the tour, Mark. The tour is uh, available at addictscomedy.com. You can see there, there's more dates on there that I, I don't want to take Is there a Twitter feed or anything to it? Yes. At Addicts Comedy. Um, yeah. We've been in the Northeast. We've been, we've been all over the country, the Midwest. We're going to be in Southern Cal at the end of April, Brea Improv, and then Indio Performing Arts Center over to Phoenix to do... Uh, uh, Rick Bronson's House of Comedy, and then we'll be at the Comedy Cafe in Tucson. Do you guys tag awesome. team or do you follow each other? Are you up there together? I, well, it's a co-headliner show. I do 45 minutes to an hour up front. Mark does 45 minutes to uh, whenever he wants <laughs> at the uh, at the end. Yeah, I'm the second guy, but we do we do the, the clubs and the theaters. We're not hard to find at all. You can Google Recovery Comedy. We'll be all over that place. We we got a good web guy. We got David here who does all the Do you do stuff. any uh, sort of outreach into recovering Treatment centers right Let me just, uh, yeah, real quickly, Mark started comedy in in prison and rehab, and Mark goes in and talks to men. Um, he's uh, he's at facilities doing uh, one-day workshops or three-day workshops. Humor and treatment is one of the, the greatest comedy videos that people that are brand new get, and so a lot of our fans have seen Mark, and they know Mark, and they say, thank you for helping me in the first 30 days. I saw your video. You gave me a reason, um, and we still do it. If we have extra time, we'll go over to um, and most of the time they ask for Mark and it's great because they know him. So we'll go over to uh, a facility and Mark will talk to the people. We'll give people some hugs, a little bit of the show, and then we do the show at night. So, yeah, it still has to be about service. we got to give it away to keep it. We There's still always an ancillary visit on the road. A prison, a jail, a rehab, a detox, a shelter, uh, some halfway and, house. And you guys were a part of Celeb Rehab. Was it that thing we did at the Ice House? Yes. Is that, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was not at most yes, of that, so was. I'm sorry I didn't really get to well, see Well, uh, you came in for a second. Yeah. I, shook, I shook your hand, yeah, and you're yeah. like little people, and you, and you slapped me. How dare you? No, it was a drive-by, but it was it was what you were doing at the time. Actually, I was a little... I was a little it, to be fair, he hated taking the clients out of the hospital. I hated it. I yeah. thought they were really sick, <laughs> it, and yeah. it made me very nervous. Well, they had a tough time. Yeah, well, New- it wasn't. It wasn't really it, fair. To and them. I didn't want to really be a part of what yeah. the producers were. I, I, I had to look at it as recreation. They're okay. They're. It's not my thing. They don't need a doctor there. But they needed some pictures of me at the thing, so I came and took the pictures. Nah, and that really was right. it. It yeah. wasn't it. Oh no, I no. think. Yeah. But here's the thing: it was my junkie move to come up with that rather than do whitewater rafting. How they right. what oh. they really wanted the clients to do on day I, eight. I, I was. I, this <laughs> yeah. was. They they learn. I learned how not to allow. No whitewater was, rafting. No it was literally was on the board of what they wanted us to go do with the attic. Right. And I was and like, so I said, "What about a comedy?" There's because I knew of you guys. I knew of, of it. There was another 
team called Not a Glum Lot or something about Glum Lot. Yeah, they, they used to do lousy. <laughs> well, they relapsed. I'm kidding. I don't know yeah. them. Was this the one? But they're glum now. Ice House. People have been doing comedy, comedy and tragedy of sobriety since the '80s. No, but listen. But it turned out very good. I actually, I felt actually good about what you guys did. They actually thought talked about it and that some other things happened as a result of it. So it turned out very, very good. This is what happened in there, honestly, because I didn't know, but I know when people are brand new in recovery, sometimes they're real sensitive. Yeah. They haven't learned yet that being an alcoholic or drug addict might be, as a recovering person, yeah. is one of the greatest things that can ever happen to you. They yeah. don't know that yet. No. So I remember being in there, and uh, there was a lot of egos or something, and not Mark. Mark was willing to be of service, and so was I. And they're like, who wants to MC? And nobody raised their hand. I said, okay, I'll do it. That's a crap job. Yeah. I didn't even think the cameras were on. I was just talking to people. And I remember um, I said to Stephen Adler, how'd you even get thrown out of Guns N' Roses? And uh, somebody, he goes, I, that's what I want to know. And now then somebody said, that's a Dennis Miller line. I'm like, oh my God, that wasn't even that clever. God bless Dennis Miller. Uh, <laughs> so I was just talking. And then I remember talking to Sean Stewart, right? And Sean... I, all I said to Sean was, you have nice hair like your father. And he said, thanks. And then I just thought, I'll give an older a sober guy wisdom. And I said, I hope you don't treat uh, women the same way your dad did. And it wasn't, I wasn't trying to be mean. I was just, you know, <laughs> being playful. And like he started, cry- I don't know what happened. He cried. And I just thought, wow, I just got on TV, which is sad to think. <laughs> But that's what I thought. I go, I'm going to make this show. I went out and apologized to him. They I, didn't show that. that there were some ripples. as Right. They didn't show that part of me no. apologizing to Sean and telling him I was sorry and putting him back together. Because God forbid, you know, if actually people recover on that show. So I don't know what. <laughs> I know what you guys were doing. You cared about their well-being. I don't know what was happening in the background. But we had a good time. And I thought Rodney King was fantastic. I love him. He was the greatest I, It was guy. too bad what happened to him. But I loved him. He was a you sweet, know what sweet happened man. No, I just met him there. and we No talked. one seems to remember understand what happened to poor Rodney. He had a heart yeah, attack. Yeah, he, and it was some in the bottom of a pool. Or he fell in a pool. It was just sad. And I, I really liked him. And uh, I remember Tony Katane being really nice and that shifty from O-Town. I didn't know what was up with that guy, but he was nice. But we had a great time. Good. And we were just trying to be of service. And I didn't know the cameras were rolling, though, when I was doing that riffing thing. And I But got historically, a- comedy within the 12-step community has been there the whole time. The big book says we're not a glum lot. We're supposed to be able to be comfortable in our own skin and wear our sobriety like a loose-fitting garment. These are things that have been lost lately, and I'm glad you guys are talking about it and doing it, well, and bringing it you know, into the young people just real and the quick, new people. Before we get to Mark, Mark was the first. Okay. You know what I mean? And when it, and like, there was somebody copying you, Mark, in Los Angeles in 1985. Well, no, God there, bless him. <laughs> yeah, Mark has been... Uh, Mark was... Uh, well, there's yuckaholics. That happens every year in Los Angeles. And those guys Maybe are... Maybe that's it. And we know all those guys, which yeah, is great. Yeah. But I'm saying the first person where people uh, started asking for money in, in, in NA conventions and saying, look, this is actually a skill and this is a thing that you want. And it's not just I'm in recovery and I'm funny, but it's also, I'm going to tell you my story. I'm going to be brutally honest on stage. And Mark was the first. Uh, you awesome. know, in a lot of ways, uh, there is a recovery comedy market and industry because of Mark. Now I'll let Mark talk. I was going to go clinical here. Uh, clinical, <laughs> clinical comical, which is, listen, I do 600 hours of group every year all over the planet with people who trust me with their inmates, patients, students, soldiers, families. I'm not a clinician. I never graduated from anything except county. But I'll tell you what, I go in there and we talk about clinical issues like uh, CBT. No, first thought wrong. First thought wrong, that's your disease. Heroin's a good, attractive mm-hmm. flavor. Or I wasn't a gambling addict. You don't have a gambling problem? Every time you used, were you gambling with your whole family? And you're, Now they got a gambling problem. Yeah. Yeah, we break it down like that really fast. They remember it. And it's funny all day. I, I mean, I leave tomorrow. I go to the ranch in Nashville and Burning Tree in Texas and the refuge in Florida. I got clients all over the planet who trust me because I'm funny. Clinical, that's secondarily, but I always sneak it in. But the humor is the connection piece. Yeah, you know? they... they, I, they put down their defenses when i tell them hey i grew up in a dysfunctional family i was the oldest of five kids in our house add stood for all different dads that's, just, <laughs> that's my house right you, you that's they, they laugh and they get you know a uh, 12-step meeting uh, sure yeah that's you, a good one well thanks i thought so bob <laughs> that's what we do bob uh, professionally that, come on down breaks it down so they go oh, he's not going to tell me what everybody else tells me the same way uh it, it he's gonna he i trust this guy because he's a goof I brought uh, Dr. Lisa Stroman back to be part of this conversation, too. She's a psychologist and attorney. You know her from previous podcasts. We end up on the last podcast with you talking about connectedness. Do you agree with me? The humor's way to connect? Comedy. Absolutely. That's what our family did the entire time, is we actually did use humor just to get through those difficult times. And in fact, my brother actually just passed away 
longtime addict, and he was so wasted in the end. I was helping him turn over, and I was like, shit, you look like Flat Stanley. And he said... Lisa, he's like, fuck you. He's like, who's Scott Stanley? <laughs> <laughs> so, he had no idea. But those are those are kind of some of the things that we well, use. Well, even, even if that humor muscle that you were given from birth is 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 uh, is used as a shield, eventually shield protects. Now, initially, we get the treatment. You you got the shake and bake clan that the people right out of their their third degree burn victims trying to sleep on sandpaper sheets in treatment. That's the way they everything's crispy. So you got to be delicate when you're talking about funny because I'm not making fun of the addict. I'm not making fun of their family. Uh, I'm making fun of the mentality, the insanity, that story you try to tell 50 times. I'll go into a jail and I'll say, listen, I love being in a place where everybody's innocent and all the stories are true. You know, And right there, we're, we're in. Uh, my ex-wife, the plaintiff, she's, a, she's got 20 years clean. She's, a, she's an N.A. goddess, and I make fun of we We got... You know, divorce will teach you things like fractions. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So we we get to play with this disease in a way that nobody gets hurt. It's not kick gloves, but it's really, really, really uh, uh, very dark. If you get divorced four times, how much do you have? Uh, <laughs> you know what? I, I, half of half of half Next of half. Next to nothing. I, I don't even want to think about that. You, you have a love and sex addiction problem, yeah. probably. <laughs> well, th- I wanted to talk about that. Do yeah. you guys get into that at all? Love and sex stuff? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I do. Each part of the uh, well, each part of the show is different. I mean, my experience and Mark's are different, but yeah, I, I had a love addiction. I went from person to person to person. I could never hold myself up, and uh, it wasn't a sex thing. I mean, because for me, it was love. So I had to be in love to, uh, uh, or it, sex meant love to me. So, right. so yeah, I'm in recovery from that. Have, have you seen the new TV show Love, the Judd Apatow series, uh, Love on it, Netflix or something? Or I, I have not. You know, it's interesting. Judd and I were open mic buddies back in the day, and uh, every now and then. I'll, I'll cross paths with Judd, and I'm just happy to see it. But I haven't seen it. Well, th- it's it really is a good it's Drew's favorite show. Well, not now. my favorite show. It just it's just a nice exploration of all that stuff, and it's it's not clean. It's messy, you know, and that's the way that stuff tends to go. We well, you know what's great yeah. about Judd is even though I, I wouldn't call him a recovering addict of any type, he's always been very reflective into looking at what's going on. He's in a his co, life. isn't he? He's and, a very codependent. Yeah, 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 yeah constantly. That's the Judd I know. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, constantly reading books yeah. and uh, and uh, on a quest, which is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I love I love Judd a lot, but I'll talk about that. I mean, I talk about my experience, which is mostly alcohol, cocaine, weed, and uh, vagina. So you know that was my well, thing. But Lisa's thing is is technology and porn addiction. Sure, so, so yeah, it can be a bad thing. Is do you get into that? Uh, Absolutely. There, oh, do like, we get into it on the road or? recovery from nothing's off limits you know uh, uh, addicted to the social media addicted to the uh, the not so social anti-social media I call it which was porn porn that's anti-social media uh, because it changes the way I think about women I used to be a porn addict I, I went to the SLA a sex and love addict yeah. I, w- I went once I didn't go inside to meet I helped some chick relapse in the parking lot lady, <laughs> lady. she was in a white van it was cool ah. but we, we we touch on all those things because I, it, it's it's the mentality of I, I don't have a problem with that I never had hit a bottom with that I'm going to do this the the love addiction the, the the sex without love addiction the the relationship without sex addiction you know that codependency right, honest to God most people that are you, you talking know, about American marriages for yeah, a second I, listen let me tell you something the, the families that, that you I deal with I made him laugh that f- makes me so happy the, the, the I'm f- just worried about your colon still Mark, <laughs> the families ahead. that you deal with they make shameless look like a documentary that, that show her yeah. own family makes Shameless look like a dog. Well, how, how, how else would she get into that business? Her, her dad's been married eight times. Eight times. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So he's a survivor. <laughs> right? I mean, that's, that's just what, that's how we Do look that at fraction. It. Yeah, that's how we look at it. Maybe Do it's that him. that fraction. Yeah. We, 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 had, we had this true story, but it all heals with humor. Uh, my ex-wife, we're very good friends now, and uh, we were married for seven years. We were in therapy for nine that's not a that's not a made up joke. So we wanted to learn how to talk to each other. Well, I'll tell you what happened was when we had a we had a non-com for 3 weeks when we were getting divorced so that nobody gets bitter and we just, you know, hey, listen, shortcut for you out there if you're getting through a divorce whatever, there are no ex-kids in a divorce ever. There are no stepkids when you hook up, there are no ex-kids when you split up. They're your kids. Period. We're married to that kid for the rest of our life. We're raising a nine-year-old. He's he's irritating. So because he's nine, right? But we 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 had an annulment 
at Catholic Church, you get an annulment, right? <laughs> That's the Catholic version of the Lemon Law. You just oh. turn it in, and you get another one. It's okay. So that was a mistake, like a gimme or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go back to the lot on Sunday, pick out a new and used. It doesn't matter. Then you can remarry in the Catholic. <laughs> right, right, right. right. You have you can remarry. As long as yeah. you pick another he's Catholic being again. He's going to do. This so here's again. the joke, joke part, right? This is the bitterness. Uh, she said to me, she calls me and she goes, uh, "Hey, listen, what are you going to do with your, your wedding ring? It was expensive. I know, I bought it." And I said, listen, first thought wrong. We're not supposed to be talking to each other. It's been two days since they told us non-com. And I said, uh, listen, uh, I, let me eat. Let me eat. Because you know how it, we get when we're not eating. And I said, I'll call you, I'll call you back after I ate. She goes, oh, I know how you get when you, eat, when you don't eat. So I call her back after an hour. I'm calm. I said, listen, uh, what, what were you asking me? What are you going to do with your ring? Put the ring. And I said, well, uh, I hadn't thought about it. She goes, why don't we take that ring and sell it? Because I know it was expensive. And put it in Grayson's trust fund. I was, A, first thought wrong. I'm, I hate her for thinking of that, and I didn't do it. B, I don't like being told what to do. C, uh, come down off the perch. Just, okay, fine. She goes, I said, when do you want to do this? She goes, right away. And my first thoughts were wrong. Uh. First thoughts. <laughs> she said, right away. I said, why don't I melt it down into a bullet? I'll get to you as quickly as I can. <laughs> right? We laughed so hard on the phone because we, we were both angry, but humor has a way of making that just like fade into the background breaks it down definitely. the issue so we use that constantly on the road in the in the clinical settings the jails the rehabs the prisons a place they can't get out to go to meetings um the the clinical comical is really off the radar i don't even put it on the schedule you use it in your ability to connect to others though and i think that's what drew's trying to get to is that, that a lot of times addicts or people that are in that area of sex addiction they don't know how to interpersonally connect and so humor is a very easy way to get people to kind of align and get what you're saying and connect there's with so you. much shame in that lane the addiction highway i call it there are lanes on the addiction highway there's meth there's opiates there's weed people they're always in the slow lane and then there's the the, the people that weave into every that's the drunk you know they're in all the lanes there are well that that porn that sex addiction uh, i'll work with a certain facility in in tennessee where they are trauma-based uh child survivors of and we talk about freedom starts with forgiveness you forgive the perp there is no victim you got two choices that's all so with the trauma-based sexual addiction stuff we'll talk about how humor will remove the shame because they'll admit to shooting heroin into their ball sack that's fine Porn addiction, they won't talk about it because all of a sudden that's less manly, more scary. And and the women who are supposed to be, uh, porn's a man's disease, right? Not even close. It's like eating disorders of female disease. Not even close. So this disease doesn't care about indoor, outdoor plumbing, who turns it on, IQ, zip code. It don't care, right? It's more open-minded than some of us who have it, actually. Equal numbers is what they're saying is that porn addiction with women and men are at equal numbers at this point. It's gambling and everything else and it, there's a way to do it without shaming them because they already brought in that huge bag of shit are they wait like, I, I know that statistic is blowing Drew's mind let's explore that no no I just wonder if they're watching different things I think so I, I think that the yeah absolutely they are watching different things but I think that the girls are actually watching porn in a lot of ways they start out because they're trying to catch up and see what the guys are learning <laughs> quite frankly from so I see teenagers and learning like all the way the down internet. to like 11 but I'm and all the way up through college and adults so yeah the last 10 years I think is when I started getting into the technology stuff because I started seeing how it's impacting in my practice and impacting people so you can learn now on the internet how to shoot up heroin and how to have a pro Appropriate sex. I don't. You know That's what, what young people are I, doing. I, they think that they're learning appropriate. Yeah, sex I, I found you know every one of those ends with the guy having sex. You know, <laughs> right? He could go. You got funny teeth and giant feet, and it's like, oh, that's hot, right? That's not. That's not real life. So you know, uh, I would think uh, the ladies are trying to watch porn that have feelings in it. Is that? It's the, more the romanticizing <laughs> of they're trying to figure it out. But Hot Girls Wanted is a really great documentary that shows how they get into it and why they're doing. Yikes. it. Yikes! Well, part, part I talked to a woman that's a it's a porn producer director, and she said, "Look, I've been doing this a long time." She goes, "I finally realized." Men want to see people having sex. Women want to know why those two people like each other so much that they want to have sex. That, there you go. That's the difference. I, 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 I deal with a lot of all-female populations, like uh, clinically, and they'll, they'll, they'll talk about porn addiction, how they got started. They, they watched it with him. They would share it, you know? So I said, okay, I, I keep this real simple. I'm a, I'm a knucklehead. You know, I, I, I don't know uh, if, if there's any kind of bright light moment for them. But I'll tell them, listen, when you watch porn with your man, you, you've been replaced, not revered. It, 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 there's only two choices. You're revered. It's just you and him. It, you're replaced, and you're still in the room. 
That's what happens. And when they're, when, what are you going to go back to now when the film's not on? Now when the video's not on? What are you going to go back because it's a progressive disease, right? Uh, you know, on, on Thursday, you watched a porn about an orgy. On Friday, when you're going to make love or be intimate on Sunday, what, what are you going to go backward to just two of you now? The attic brain doesn't work like that. So what about the 3D porn and the virtual reality that's coming up? And like, would you have come, because how did you get out then? How did you do it? I stopped doing it cold turkey. Eight years clean. Eight years clean and in recovery, I stopped porn altogether. It was messing with how I heard her, listened to her, saw her. Uh, my brain is saturated with more, 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 more. A, a lot of, um, pretty much, they, some data suggests 85% of addicts have some sort of sex and love stuff, sure. if not fully diagnosable conditions. But many times, and Bob and I, you, we used to always say this, that a, a program well done will address all that. Yeah, all it of will, it. Because it will, it will eventually, somebody will bring it up, you'll have to, be honest about it you have to come to terms with it and deal with it now if you need help you're really still out of control with it then by all means SLA S- which mm-hmm. program do you like SLA yeah, yeah there's SA the and there's well a- but the SLA is, is a good one and I, S- yeah, SA yes. if you really have established my own boundary them. as opposed to you know don't masturbate which I, I, I couldn't do I honestly I'd just like to share that with America right now are you saying s- s- sharing that comedically or clinically I, you have to I, guess I think, Bob I think both Bob your colon wasn't comedic or clinical. But, but to be fair, I mean, that's what... I don't circ- even know if it's clean, Bob. That's what circle plans are, is you determine what's your what's in your plan with your sponsor or your clinician. Exactly. Whatever. I got to take a break. Yep, you got to take a break. We are with Mark Lundholm and Curtis Matthews. They are the Addict Comedy Tour. Check it out at addictscomedytour.com, right? And the Twitter handle is... Uh, at Addicts Comedy is the Twitter All right, handle. Dr. Lisa Stroman is here with us as well. She's an attorney, psychologist. The Technology Wellness Center is her place. Bob, anything you want to quickly promote? No, let's go, go to the All break. Right, go to break. Be right back. We're back. We're back. We are back. This Life Podcast. Reminder, our friends at uh, Rocket Manor Treatment Center, uh, they are very proud. Of course, they're up there in Montana. They're very proud of their equine therapy program. I just like the fact that their staff is just hard, basic, no, no, no BS. And I like the recovery. fact that it's no BS in the middle of nowhere. Well, that's what I say. The other thing I like is you're not coming <laughs> back easily. So I want you to stay there for a while and uh, really get get with the program. They've got great clinicians there. It's Rocky Mountain Treatment Center. Uh, again, that uh, horse, the equine program, uh, they are run by Professional Association of Therapeutic Horsemanship International Certified Counselors. And again, people have trouble connecting. Sometimes that horse can be a, a conduit for connection to uh, our right brain, which is really what's so dysregulated in uh, in addiction. So the door, there's a lot of nonverbal stuff that goes on between us and but horses. But I've noticed... But do not mistake the hardcore recovery is what you must be ready to participate in because that's where it all the happens. The real deal is what I call it. And the fact is... Is most of the places that do the real deal left anymore in remote remote locations. In Desert Hot Springs, there's a place called The Ranch. It's mm-hmm. about 10 miles outside of Desert Hot Springs. If you want to leave, they say, go ahead, fucking go. And, it's, and you're going to walk in 120 degrees down a dirt road down into Desert Hot Springs. I'll remind you, our patients, remember the, <laughs> the shifty who you brought up yeah. went to uh, Eric Clapton's program. And, and, and swam uh, to another island. It's surrounded by shark-infested water. Hey, he swam to Yeah, Crossroads. Yeah, he's Swifty's a one in a million, cross- but... But you guys There's nowhere know, to go from there. He you must know funny escape stories from Rio. Well, you know, I've I've done a lot of work with the Meadows, and that's in Wickenburg, oh, yeah. and nobody wants to go to Wickenburg. <laughs> and uh, I actually I want to take equine therapy. That's one of the last things. My dad was a horseman. You know, he owned there you horses. Go. Maybe he and, was doing and I fear them. Know. Because as a child, they seem huge and just scary. They and scare horses, me too a bit. Horses get weird yeah. around me, so yeah. I, I, I cause you get weird. It's because you get weird yeah. around the horse. Exactly. So, yeah. so I, I choose at this point of my recovery. Um, it's like I, I've gone to the meadows for love stuff. I went uh, love addiction, love avoidance, the PM melody. Wow, uh, that was helpful. Wow. And so let, those are. Let me put a little highlight on that. Love addiction, love avoidance cycles are very helpful for people, even if you don't have a. a Did just, you go when just codependent? When Carnes was That's there? That's the sex guy. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. he's was around. He there? No, he wasn't there no, when PM, I was there. Pia Melody is still there. But Carnes, uh, Bradshaw, and Pia are all yeah. kind of in the meadows, but they have They're good, from the meadows, yeah. Right. They and have Carnes ran it, right? No, Carnes now in like Minas, Missouri. He's in Missouri. Well, yeah, but he right? wrote the Missouri. book. He drops in every now. He's a guest speaker, so oh, okay. God oh, knows really? where he was. Wow. Yeah. I, they they so got a whole uh, thing happening. <laughs> well, no, but meadow, again, meadow, the thing about meadows, though, it's a trauma based program. And uh, a lot of places, let's talk about trauma a little bit. A lot of places, 
avoid getting into that. Uh, I talked to an outpatient program here in Pasadena recently that likes to do psychoanalytically oriented psychotherapy with drug addicts. And I said, well, not in the first six months. For one thing, there's no way they could. The brain's not working right. Secondly, I'm always fearful that stuff's going to Open people up and evoke, spin them out. Evoke stuff. But you, first six, 12 months, just fucking stay sober. Yeah. Get the program. Yeah. Put your ass in a seat. Absolutely. Shut up. Absolutely. Kind of, yeah. And the people don't understand those basics. No, it's, Take it's, direction. First year is physical. You know, the second year is, is uh, emotional. Third year is spiritual. Every year after that is optional. Okay. So what should people, I agree, right? Especially first 90 days. It's just your brain. Just hang on. Taking the swelling coming down. Drink water. So, eat so food. So here's the thing. Why is it that in the first 90 days is when you have all the treatment? It's crazy. You're not going to remember eight tenths of it. Uh, you know what I mean? A lot of it. Because you have post acute withdrawal. <laughs> You're not going to remember it. It's really hard to even understand what it is in your trauma therapy that you're trying to figure out. You know you were sexually abused, but how does it connect? Somebody with three months doesn't know how to do that. No way. But all the treatment is is loaded up front. And I think, you know, what the new modern model needs to be... Well, I was going to say, yeah. Towards the end of well, the year. Not only that, more outpatient, more outpatient-oriented, yeah. more basic. What do you guys think of that? I Long- think it's a lifetime. I think you're constantly going back and what did I miss? As I wasn't kidding when I said, if I have vacation, if I block it 10 days, I might go to, uh, you know, a 7 to 10-day workshop rehab retreat or something for something. Yeah. And uh, I'm constantly learning. It's like in the anonymous programs when you're reworking steps. Long-term. Uh, treatment works better there's a place in texas called burning tree it's a year commitment year residential yeah or a year afterwards. One down it's, there it's too. extended care alumni association you, you you get a treatment center that doesn't have an alumni association i'll tell you what they don't know what they're doing well they a don't. lot of them don't alumni know is the doing. best marketing you're ever going to have it's also the biggest way for them to plug in even informally well, with this alumni is, this is it's jason waller's model right yeah 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 so but, he, i mean pretty young males particularly need, need that you, you have to plug in yeah. and in the in 90 days it's just a walk and start it's a baby in a crib and and after that you get to deal with issues uh six months nine months a, a year down the road long-term treatment works better 90 days, you can't hand them something. But do you understand trauma. that average treatment, even with the insurance model going yeah. right now, those treatment centers are getting paid between twenty dollars and $30,000 a month for all this great therapist. And the therapists and the people that work there and the, and the programs are great. The patients just aren't at that stage to have that kind of care. Sometimes. That's really got to be thought about in the 21st century. And it yeah. creates burnout in staff because they get the rebounds and they it really is problematic that they don't have And that. since this is just a, a layman's estimate, but 99% of all addicts are codependent anyway. Mm-hmm. Their core issue is I need to be needed. When I feel unnecessary, I grab something I need to remind me how needy I am. So at 90 whatever percent, they're codependent. So when somebody freaks out in treatment, now it spreads like cancer. Everybody's in their treatment. Everybody's in that guy's treatment. That, that's why the trauma stuff is so incendiary, you know, early on, or the big yeah. ticket stuff. Mm-hmm. So they, they get into everybody's treatment. There's enmeshment there, and nobody's on their own path. Nobody's doing their own work. So do you think that in with the alumni program, do you think that that's a healthy way to create a community that's safe for them, that allows them to feel comfortable because that's what they're used to? Yeah, the people. alumni is like the big brothers, big sisters. It's a mentorship thing. Then it's also like a club. When you're outside the facility, listen, a lot of us feel abandoned when we get out of treatment. I know I did. They cut the lifeline, and I'm supposed to just go to meetings on my own now. I didn't have that kind of uh, sand. I didn't have that kind of commitment. I'm a runner. I'm a rabbit. I'll point a finger, blame and shame, and run the other way. That makes me feel safe, right? But the, the, to to alumni association, they will connect you whether you like it or not. They will reach out to you. There's a place, uh, uh, Sierra Tucson, Tim McLeod. He, he's got a program uh, for the alumni. He's the best guy in the nation. Bob used to run the alumni program for us. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was you, important, and it's marketing. Oh, I mean, But you, listen, it's it's we keep an eye on them. We, what's going on? How yeah. you do it? And then they help us enroll the other ones. Yeah. But the... Um, I want, to, I want to examine something you said there about the... You're talking about group process where people expose their traumas. Is that what you're talking about, where it becomes incendiary and infectious? Yeah. I, I have found... I done in the first 30 years. Well, days. I agree. However, I, I will... I'll tell you one thing I do is I'll often get people to tell their, their story of trauma just to help everyone else understand they're not alone with it. Right. But not to get deeply into it. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great point. Yeah. Because you bring it up to, for the commonality. You go, yeah. oh, me too? Yeah, they, I, thought, well, I thought I was the... I thought exactly. our house was the only one that that happened. 100%. Right? That, they, the, they all think they're the only one. And by I find at that state of treatment, 
it's it's hard to get them to really care about other people's stories. They really, they really they just want to know. Oh, fantastic! I can talk about. Well, this maybe story. there's a different celebrity level of care. <laughs> no, I don't no, know. no, no. But no, I've been around for twenty years. And yeah. Believe me, it's the same old, same. But old. yeah, they, it's hard to get them to get outside their own stuff. But yeah. I, I find it funny that they'll take the inventory of the staff. They, they, oh, I'll, are you I'll, kidding me? You know, where did you go to school? You ever go to jail? You ever yeah. shoot up? You, oh, I'll, yeah. I'll always tell them. Did you ever ask your dealer for their resume? Did you ever ask him for an ID or bill of sale or proof of purchase? Any any questions for your deal? You, you took it and you ran. Do you remember the one, the nose to nose thing with Barry? Do you know what it feels like to have somebody stuffed or trick up your mouth? Remember that? Remember that? Yes, <laughs> it was a very famous person <laughs> going. Nose do you know to what nose. it's like to what have a something up your butt? <laughs> More colon stuff. Come on. <laughs> to be sexually abused by an adult when you're a yellow boy. Good and, lord! And screw like pushing his face into the into this doctor, yeah. or physician. Yeah, and yeah, uh, as and if that gets if, as if, if that does anything. Well, and I'll tell you, the guys inmates at jail. I'll always tell them, hey, listen, you got a lady who comes in. Maybe maybe she's never done time. Maybe she's never been to jail. Normal. People do, they, good guess. No, they don't go to jail, right? <laughs> no, they don't go to jail. You ask somebody in in in, in a rehab uh, how much time do they they'll, they'll go all together? Yeah. That's their answer, right? They don't say, "What are you talking about?" So uh, if somebody comes in a square, uh, a lay person, uh, somebody, somebody, a slug, they'll call slugs never run to jail. You know what they know how to do? They know how to not go to jail. That's a, that's a pretty good <laughs> thing to learn skill. from that person. You know? Maybe they don't teach you about fashions or sartorial splendor or anything like that or some kind of IQ, but they don't go to jail. That's a good thing to learn when you get out of jail, not to go back. Right. So right. there's there's a humor quotient that, that has a, a, a delivery system that makes it easier and safer. And that, well, and I, I, was, I was giving Lisa some grief last show she did with us about uh, smiling through stuff. But but maybe there's this. Maybe this is the, the humor you guys use. And, and not that $100 fake Rolex smile. Not the one that the ventriloquist, like I'm dying, I can't tell you. Yeah. I'd love it. You know, but the one where they laugh hard from the gut because we 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 cross color boundaries, we cross sexual boundaries. Not not to to uh, call somebody out on their stuff, but I'll get going and rolling, and they'll they'll figure out. You know what? He he's he's he doesn't care. He doesn't. He's not here to teach, reach, or preach. There's some funny stuff here. The insanity of the disease. The insanity that says I can do this, but not that. I can do a little of that. I, if I cheat on her, I'll appreciate her more when I come home. You know that kind of you. You see, you see people do just what you did. Yeah, yeah, like that. And we're not laughing, but we're talking. That's a big deal. They trust me. They'll tell me stuff in two hours. They won't tell their parents or their priest. Honest to God, because I'm a goof. But I, I, I know how to. I'm manipulative. I'm a thief by nature. So I'll steal their trust, and then I'll give it back to them. Do you think in the twelve step community that storytelling is is being able to tell what it was like, what happened, what it's like now is is being coming a lost art. Uh, it's it's. No, oh, go ahead. You, I wonder if that's something that the technology take over because storytelling generally autobiographical and story sharing. Because brevity, when I brevity, came, brevity. Yeah. When Shakespeare I, said brevity is the soul of wit. Most people go on and on and on. Their stories. I'll tell them if you can't talk in two minutes at a meeting, pass. Mm. If you can't do it in two, pass. Just say I. I can't do it in yeah, What is that about our culture that's happening? Because when I came into AA in the early 80s, these guys could weave a story that was just mesmerizing. <laughs> it, they really could. I'm the, sorry, Bob. It sounds like you want your money back. I, I want our were, generation no, no, no. I'm to gonna step up. I'm, I got to do junkie, junkie translation. Yeah. No. He wants people to listen to his story. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> what I was no. thinking is that's how he heard it. Right. Good evening, no, that's how you that, heard it. That was really completely off. My really? No, just, I don't I'm even want to go tell Bob. my story. I want 30-year-old people that yeah. are five years sober to go tell their fucking story and make people laugh, and they can't. I hear you. That's well, what's crazy. I hear you. They, I, they haven't talked to people in a long time, but you you, you, you give them the, the impetus to speak in a meeting. Be honest, be brief, be seated. The three Bs, I call it. Be honest, be brief, be seated. Give me it in two minutes. Somebody will ask you later to talk for four, talk for 15. You know how we do. Yeah. But you got it. It's like a pitch meeting in Hollywood. Just give me the, just give me the, 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 the spine of the story. You don't need eight minutes in a 60-minute meeting. If you're a 12-step person, you're a thief if you do eight minutes. It's a 60-minute meeting. There's 40 people in there. You do the math. You just stole. Why don't you leave us to lick the bag and, and, and go home with nothing, right? 
do so it do too. you think, answer my question, do you think it's becoming like my, a lost sounds art? Sounds like my PO now. Wait, Mark. Does does it, I, I don't it, know if it's becoming a lost uh, a lost art because I still meet people that have great stories. Uh, I don't know. It depends. I mean, at every one of those anonymous places you go has its own, you know, it, mm-hmm. it feels different. But you guys Wait, travel a lot more than Well, I was going to say, well, Chris we, was with the BBC, right? Yeah, I did a TV show for the it, BBC. Was it in, in England? Yeah, no, it was actually in Northern Ireland, which was fun. Oh. Um, yeah, it was fun. And I my job was to train. Uh, northern Irish kids to be funny uh, and it was fun we, we went over to Scotland and we have love for Scotland because of Harriet our lovely PR person and there's no so, uh, there's no alcoholism in Scotland there's, there's <laughs> no what yeah well invented, you went to meetings did you go to meetings in Scotland uh, I, I can't confirm or deny that I go to anonymous programs, okay. but probably, okay. yeah, but, probably. But were yeah. The, was the storytelling better than in Los Angeles? I, I, no, I think some of it was, you have some people that are selfish and it's all about them and it's not yeah. a great story. You have somebody, you know, the people in the back that are quiet that say, let me tell you something, and they say it in two minutes, that's the person you want to go talk to because they have a lot more, right? So like you can, the guy out in the valley well, that you everybody said lost, knows. You said lost art, that's true. There's more people. How do we get it to be back in the mainstream of the 12-step community? Because I tell my, not that I go or I'm in it in any way. Yeah, right. But people that say are under, you know, you're guiding through. I say what it was like. Mm-hmm. What happened, minutes, what it's like now. What happened, couple minutes. What it's like now, couple minutes. Right. And they don't really get the getting sober part, the what happened, I'll coach them. Like, dude, this whole thing since I met you till just like now is what happened. Right. You've been trying to get sober for five years. You I know would what I mean? To try to coach people. If you're trying to get the younger kids coming yes. up, I would just do a, a small test to see if you put it on the ability for them to write it up because I get the most interesting emails at 2 a.m. from my 20-year-olds giving me a full detailed exposure of what occurred on campus or something like that that when they come into my office and they're sitting in front of me they have a really hard time talking about so it would be really interesting if, if you and then took how do they translate that, that to giving it as a speech they don't well i'm saying i have to teach them how to interpersonally reconnect and communicate in real time because they do not do that anymore and i think that maybe that's what you're reflecting yeah. on. yeah that sounds exhausting. <laughs> yeah. Addict rule number one. Addict rule number one is keep it a secret. Don't talk about it. Isolate first stage of relapse. Isolate. You know. You, you and if you got to keep it a secret, don't do it. That's what we tell them in treatment. If you got to keep it a secret, don't do it. That'll change your whole life, even if you're not an addict. No secrets from nobody. Out in the real world, our disease is sick. In here, it's not a secret, and secret is safe. There's no, there's no sickness in treatment. So, that that, but we we're not used to talking about it, at least in a in a rational, honest way. Yeah, and yeah. I had stories upon stories upon stories. The fourth layer still wasn't true. I got I got to hold my mud. I got to cover my, you know, no. If they find out, the game's up. You know, so writing it down. There's the shame piece. Yeah, yeah, and that's why we have them right too. It's, it takes a while to. It takes some. If you're gonna lie, it's hard to lie from your head to your hand. There's something that happens in that shoulder, down the elbow, the forearm. There's something that says we can't lie. Super interesting of handwriting analysis. If you do a statement, uh, I took uh, classes of BAU, uh, Behavioral Analysis Unit, that they actually show that where somebody's lying, it's the first third, and then 75% of the statement is what the falsity is. So you can kind of see where the story breaks apart. So it's super, for me, like I like getting the writings because I can yep. actually break down what, what it is they're trying to if say. If I have them write long enough, I get to the real deal. Can they connect the dots? You guys in prison, can they connect the dots that the reason they're in prison is very simple, black and white. It's it's called alcoholism, and they need to stay sober upon parole. Because I haven't had that, that, that it seems so black and white to someone like you or I, but it's still not black and white to the guys that I've tried to deal with. How do you want to explain it to them? I mean, in a funny way, I can tell them that criminal doesn't mean bad. Criminal means you got caught, Right. There are a lot of smart people back there. High IQ, though, equals low bottom with this disease. High IQ equals low bottom. That's what I've seen. Low bottom. High IQ equals very low bottom. Hmm. The smarter you are, the handicapper you be. A medium IQ person, they don't have all the the tools and answers for it. They're not going to outthink a disease you can't outthink. High IQ equals low bottom. I, I tell them that all the time. Criminals are smart people. Yeah. They just got caught. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's gambling. You can't win all the time. So if you stay clean and there's no secrets, maybe you don't have to go back. 
But I'm talking about the the recidivism rate so high. Most people in prison, who, when I've ever gone just to L.A. County Jail, they're all going to stay sober, just like they all found Jesus and they're all innocent. That transition into that first 48 hours outside of jail, that, how do you help people? We, that's why we connect them with a 12-step program. We connect them with some kind of uh, Pick them up. Friends Outside. There's a program called Friends Pick Outside. Pick them up. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, that's we'll, what we'll, needs we'll, to happen. We'll baby step them into a meeting. Who's, Who's we? Who's we? We. Me and the people that do the H&I stuff. The, the anonymous people that do the take the meetings in. Mm. You know, Listen, if, Saska, I, 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 if Saska was insisting that people go to a treatment center post just as they're getting out on parole, but they the money dried up. That Your was working huge good. now for the same reason. You know, there is so much scientific data coming in showing the effectiveness of 12-step, and yet there's still all this craziness out there saying that it's not uh, evidence-based. Not yeah. And there was an article in the LA Times recently, today, yeah. uh, assailing physician diversion because it's not scientific and it's a failure. It's a 12-step basing for doctors. I want I, I to just... I get to work for the AMA, the monitoring program they have. Yeah. They got to see me once a year, just the comedy version. Because uh, they, they give them, what, three or four hours of instruction in oh, med school? Oh, please. Three oh. or four hours of instruction in med school, if that. If that about I, 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 we, we got them for a week, maybe up to three weeks at a time. So we over the course of, what, 10 years we did that? Yeah. The Keck we, thing? At yeah, Keck? We, probably, we probably brought around... 50 of them yeah and the t- and 10 of those weren't interested yeah. I think so they're probably- becoming more aware because of what's happened in the last 5 to 10 years with the opiate explosion uh, I yeah. think they are I think doctors they're are more aware but they don't really they don't understand they don't no they don't and and uh, shoot I had 4 or 5 dealers out there why wouldn't I have 4 or 5 pharmacists sure or, or, or physicians you, you asked a question about the uh, the 12 step based stuff yeah uh, 12 step it, it's for sick people it's it's the community center swimming pool you know there's piss in there. You go in. You, 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 you go in. You, you don't piss in the pool. You stay away from the people who are pissing. That's how you survive 12 stuff. It's by definition, it's toxic. It's not for well people. Yeah. No, there's no healthy people in yeah. there. Healthy people don't need 12 steps, so there's nobody in there that's healthy. Yeah. We don't get it righter or tighter than other people. It's a process, so you don't piss in the pool. <laughs> and if nobody's talking behind you, behind your back... You're not going to enough meetings, Bob. You used yeah. to, Bob, be a no, little no. more critical of stuff. Huh? You used to be a little more concerned about the... Health and well-being of it, the high schooly kind of stuff. Yeah, you know? no, it, it goes on. Now yeah. I said the same thing the other night. People gossip and shit talk is just part of it. The twelve-step world, whatever you know. That yeah. obviously that's a component of it. Um, you know, my thing is that I don't think Bill Wilson and Doctor Bob were these. Uh, you know, they were human beings, and I kind of you know, point out that they were human beings and it's strange the reaction I get. No, that's actually... They were really human beings. I think that's part of being an alcoholic or a drug addict where it's like, nobody's a bigger deal than you, Bob. You know what I mean? How could (laughs) Dr. Bob or Bill Wilson be a bigger deal than you? You know what I mean? So I hear stuff all the time and just the way I am in life, unless I saw it for my... There's so many rumors about, you know, uh, like sex... Well, there was that movie about Bill Wilson. Yeah, and James Woods, right? There you go. No, no, no. There was a a documentary... Came out. Did you see it? Okay. Well, yeah, the from the fifties, but um, there's uh, what the sex stuff in the big books on page sixty nine, right? Hilarious, <laughs> or written by a sex addict, you know. So um, it, it's just what works for me, right? What works for me? This higher power stuff. I'm not going to argue with you about God, but I know when I get out of my own way and I throw something upstairs, my life gets better, and I don't drink and use. Mm-hmm. So you know, the efficacy of of twelve steps uh, for people that I've seen that really work it is fantastic. I, I'm I'm a prime example. Example, yeah. 31 years and Mark's 28 or 27 and uh, you know so I don't, I'm not going to argue with people it works for me it might not work for others and if you're a 12 stepper out there who's got no God the atheist I, I, I sponsor an atheist okay we, you, you take out the word God put in the truth you'll do every step just fine take the word God out higher power whatever insert the truth uh, made a decision to turn our will and lives over to the truth as we understood it you got no argument with me it's not semantics now it's tomato tomato just go to work man just go to work. It ain't you. 12 steps. Uh, step one, I don't know. Step two, I'd like to. Step three, I'll ask. Step four, I'll look. Step five, I'll tell. Step six, I'll count. Step seven, I'll wait. Step eight, I'll make a list. Step nine, I'll make an effort. Step 10, I'll look in. Step 11, I'll look up. Step 12, I'll, I'll reach out. They, they're not hard. And mic mm-hmm. drop. It's the only. Ah, <laughs> no, but that's the only test you're ever going to take where you already know the answers before the test even starts. Mm-hmm. It's the easiest thing ever. We're just really too smart to get better. I'm so bright I can't learn, man. 
It's uh, attic stuff. Did it, were you guys listening? Or was <laughs> yes. I just, I was, everyone sorry about was. that. We were I, sometimes I don't answer the question I was asked. I, I, it's we, tough to get me to talk. ADD, I think, is also part of the disease. Uh, but uh, What did you say about my dad? What? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Here's a story about Mark's AD, which I love. Uh, Before we go, I want to shine a light on that because we have patients all the time coming. I figured out it's just this Adderall. It's what I've needed all along. Like, yeah, is it before the meth or after the meth? Right? Yeah. And the, the name, the, the generic name of Adderall is dextroamphetamine. Yeah. Amphetamine, everybody. Yeah. So if you're an addict, you do not take Adderall. Right. Period. End of story. Do not take Ritalin. Do not take psychostimulants. You have ADD. There are other treatments. Right. I, I, I consider ADD a marker for addiction in a family with history of addiction. I agree. Well, I told my doctor, I said, I have some ADD. And he said, on you, man, it's a feature. I'm like, okay. Well, and so I didn't take any. You just dodged a bullet. But, yeah. <laughs> but my favorite was uh, Mark and Mark said to me, because he always has these great gigs that he wants to take me to. He said, do you want to go do comedy inside Folsom Prison? And I'm like, no, but I want to hang out with you. As we're driving to Folsom, I'm nervous because, you know, he works he works these murderers all the time. I'm like, this is a bad idea. So we're about half a mile. just hearing the story. We're, well, we're half a mile away. And I said to Mark, I said, what's the first thing I need to know? And he goes, hey, look, pigeons. Right? And that's what what interested him, were these pheasants and pigeons. <laughs> Let me tell you about this guy. He, we're, we're on oh, yeah, the way to Folsom, three-hour drive. He has one cigarette. He says, do you mind if I pull over and smoke? He goes, yeah. He has one cigarette. Afterwards, same <laughs> three-hour drive, he had nine. Yeah, I had a car. It, it was terrible. That's, that's how prison affected We were walking out in the <laughs> yard, and yeah. people were like, hey, what's up? There was no... We had like an old AA lady walk us in. Oh. There was no protection. We're in the we Folsom... It. And he's they like, were... hey, what's up? And I'm like, my God, that guy's peeing right in front of us. We didn't need it. All it was right. okay. Well, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was all right. Nine cigarettes on the way home. By the way, we do comedy if you want to see our show, <laughs> everybody. Yeah. I'm, I've never smoked a cigarette in my life and I was a heroin addict, you know? I, I got boundaries for my health. I'll, you do? I'll, I'll go down on a hooker, but I'm not slow, smoking. You know, that's that's bad for you. And, yeah. <laughs> There's no Surgeon General's warning on a hooker. HPV. HPV. Yeah. I looked. That's, yeah, HPV. Get the vaccine, man. Yeah. I talk, finally talked to a... a Somebody at the CDC who said any age can get the vaccine now. Yeah. So it's a great idea. Just FYI, because they, right. they only approved it to age 28, but it no, will work at any age. That's good to know because yeah. I deal with a lot of the, the that population. you, you got to find a doctor who's willing to sort of find or get a release. Maybe yeah. Lisa can write up the release for us because she's an attorney. <laughs> yeah. but, but it really, it's, it would save a lot of cancer, I'm telling you. That's what, great. It's only because the, you know, the studies were done, the money was spent to approve it up to age 28. That's when it has most efficacy. But you know, a lot of people later in life are getting back out there again, right and they were not treated. They still have active HPV, and that's serious business. That's ah, good to know. That's that's good advice. We have a client who, a male client who sounds like Mickey Mouse on helium, <laughs> because he had HPV attack his cords, his vocal cords, and had to keep getting more and more taken off. And I was like, mm. just stop going to Vegas. Like, stop, <laughs> stop picking up the women. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Step one. I didn't know you took care of high pitch Eric. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen. I heard your interview on on Stern. The one from 2010. Uh, yeah. It just aired last. It, yeah. ju- it yeah. just aired a few days ago. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Thanks. Fantastic. Thanks. Yeah. It was really good. It was. It was. I didn't. Really I, good. You go in there. I was supposed to eat breakfast. I stayed in the parking lot so I could hear it. No, I'm not kidding. I appreciate it. I I don't really remember because you go in there and he he puts you in a little bit of a fugue state. He's so penetrating. Yep. And you got to be just completely honest and, and he, just respond. He jumps respond, around. Respond. He, and he's and he going to make you sweat. He'll eventually talk about anal sex or something. You know, where yeah. you're going, what? Yeah. How, do we get, how do we get to... I, I'm, and he would, he would talk about my patience, too. And I'm like, dude, that's... Yeah. I can't, come on. Right. He, knew, he knows what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. I, I have real admiration for that whole group. Yeah, say it was what, good, though. It was say really what you will. They, they talk about the truth. That, that, I think, is what he's going for all well, the time. And he's really good at his job. Yeah. You know, but uh, you, you did a great job. Thank I listened you. I to that just that. a few days ago. I had another one after that when uh, Mindy died. And uh, he he let me talk about it for real. Now, almost no one else really let me talk about how horrible that was for us. Mm. Mm. Was not a happy time. No, Mm-mm. no, we lose them. Yeah, I know, and no one gets that. No, we're supposed you, to be able to you, fix them all, and just if you have an MD after your name, you're really supposed to be able to fix them well, all. Well, and, and, and I'm helpless. Help! You guys know how helpless I am. Yep, I, I can show them the way just the way you can. Patient mine said the other day. She goes, "I just think you've kind of you sort of turned them towards God. That's about all you do." I'm like, "Okay, whatever. Wow. At least I can be I can be sort of helpful at least." Wow. No, and then and we lose them. And I've lost more people clean and sober than I have loaded or on the street. But uh, and you get to know them and you have an investment of time in them. But you know the best part about that for me, this is a little bit of cushion here. Is they're cured. They're all done. 
They're, they don't sweat. They don't pay taxes. They don't. I feel horrible because I don't have them around or in my vicinity. But they're cured. That I got to see them at their very best, and then they're done. And I got I can honor their memory by building myself up from knowing them, or I could wallow in whatever that self was that says I, they're not there. But it's hard. It's hard, and you may you probably see way more than I do. But it, it, they're cured. They're all done, and they they are at rest. It is difficult, though, like as a practicing clinician, and my husband's a medical physician, and it's the same thing. We've lost patients in our practice, and it is one of the most devastating things that, that, again, behind the scenes, I have several doctors that I see, and they just need to come in and talk about it, what they can't do, and that's the part that I think is really challenging. I, I, I found myself studying philosophy for like the last 10 years because you have to get philosophical at a certain point. What, what drives me a little crazy right now is the expectation that we can cure everything or make everything perfect or make life great. I, I, I can't. I can't do that. None of us can. And uh, to, but to have sort of a, even a family or an individual or a press or a social media expecting otherwise, not me. Yeah, and the I self, wish I could be all those things. The self care, how's that for you? Yeah. The self care in the healthcare business, it, it it's awful for a lot of people. It's horrible. They don't take the time. They're overworked. They're over. They're punishing themselves. Burnout, apathy, red tape, uh, uh, insurance laws. That's the enemy. The disease is like simple compared to all the trappings of that. And you watch them get, uh, blow up weight wise, and they, they get burnout, and they're, they're snappy. And if you don't think that a, a, an addict can read you. You know, treatment is is like a zoo with all the cages open, all different animals. There's no there's no doors, and so it's it's really important to like rest and take care of myself and and all. Otherwise, they can tell right when I walk in. Oh, he's grumpy or he's he's too tired. Or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Listen, our borderline patients would know when I drove onto the campus. Yep. Yep. Isn't that weird? Remember that, Bob? And that, yeah. and by the way, my parking was 500 yards away from they, the building. They, they couldn't some see kind it. Of energy. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yes. Yeah, borderline. I, I was married to a borderline personality. Oh, yeah. And uh, good news, bad news. Bad news is borderline personality. Good news is you get to have sex with a lot of different people. But uh, so we, we, we HPV. We, we, yeah, but, check borderline. Yeah. But pretty no, wild. Each pretty different. wild. Sex yeah, they got antenna. Yeah. yeah. You know? That's what Sasha Woo! used to do. She'd go like this when I when I walk in. She put her. She do that. My fur. Yeah. My fur Martian yeah. sign over her head. Yeah. She goes. They know you're here. They do. <laughs> go what? What I do? It's it's crazy. Yeah. It's it's insane. I used to tease her a little bit. I. I never cheated on her ever. I, I was uh, married for a long time, and I wanted to be faithful. I grew into that from a, a cheater and a, uh, an abuser and all that stuff. But I, it was important in the process, the twelve yeah. stuff. So, and I said, but I would say this on stage: if I was going to cheat, she'd know before I pulled out. Honest to God, yeah. I could be two, two <laughs> countries away. But it sounds like, but but it, I mean this in peace and love, which is that borderlines attract sociopaths, and you're describing yourself. Ah. No, no, and you're describing yourself as, as sociopathic sort of stuff. Right on time. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, how did you? It's, it's so great when people recover from that. Empathy or, or is a muscle. Manage that. Yeah. I, I, I none for nobody else. Yeah. It's really hard for people to get that. It it, it still flares up. Yeah, it still flares up, and I didn't think about so and so for two whole days. And I'm in a relationship with her. It's crazy. So I have to. I have little tools. I have a little step. I have a little tense step. It's the only time I see sociopaths get vastly better is in twelve step. I, it, it's better. a it's a lot of work, man. It's, it's also why muscle. he doesn't get scared in the prison. He knows he can out manipulate those guys. <laughs> now, well, now that I know I'm touring with a sociopath, <laughs> no, he's not. He's a treated. He's, oh, right, he's listen, treated that, that empathy. I will cover like Humor muscle. Everybody yeah. has a humor muscle. Everybody yeah. has amp. But mine, it, it, you got to work it out three or four times a day. Yeah. And there's a yeah. practiced art to yeah. saying, okay, wh- where's she coming from? Where's she coming from? She's talking. She's a professional. I could be funny, yeah. but this is shared space. Yeah. So. I had to ramp down there about two minutes ago. You heard <laughs> no, no. I did. No, I did. No, down no. ramp. Down ramp. You got it. You yeah. feeling safe, Curtis, now? Huh? Are you feeling safe traveling with him? I'm not safe. I'm very afraid. <laughs> My inner child weeps. My inner child. The inner person. In We're me. all over the place. The little person. Well, yeah. As comedians, too, this is the one thing I'll, Mark and I'll tell you, as opposed to other comics, is, you know, we're not okay. Uh, but that's our whole show. We're not okay. People that want to, no normal person wakes up and thinks I have proper amount of self worth and love, and I feel good about my life. You know what? I want to go to a crappy bar and just talk into a microphone and tell people what I think. There's something wrong there. So the journey for Mark and I, uh, being that I've been doing comedy since the '80s, as as Mark, is that we're going to lead with that. We're going to tell you we're not okay, but it's okay to not be okay. And this is what's funny about it. Um, so it's uh, it's it's it is quite a journey, and I love this guy. And uh, yeah, I'm probably a sociopath in some ways too. So I don't feel safe. <laughs> 
play with myself. <laughs> and I have HPV, and Bob's colon is weird. By the way, we do a comedy show, y'all. Come on down. Go on down and check it out. <laughs> See, Bob's antisocial. He's not a sociopath. Oh, okay. A little different. It's a little punk different. rock. <laughs> a little I call it punk, punk rock. rock. Oh, my God. All right, we got to wrap this up. Guys, it's been really a pleasure. Congratulations on all the great work. Thank and, you so and much. And your success in comedy it's and your an continued honor. success. And, I mean, we need armies Doing of... God's work. Yeah, we need armies of, of folks like this. So. It's an honor. You as well. It's it's really a, a huge, big deal what you've done. Well, hopefully this people will learn from this. And, Lisa, thank you as always. Yes, thank you for having me. You, you know, Jones. everybody says I, li- I like comedy because I can't stand crying. And comedy is the inversion of crying. It's also, it's, it's also, I, I've thought a lot about this lately. It's, it's humor is some truth. It is truth, it is truth. that makes us uncomfortable. It's, it's seeing something real or something that uh, we wouldn't otherwise have an insight to or be able to even a, manage or address without the communal, somebody bringing it to our attention as a group. Yeah. And then we laugh. I think mo- like probably eight times out of 10, laughter is about discomfort. You, you ever look at a target? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there's a bullseye, right? Yeah. Humor is the outer rings. As soon as you start hitting those, you get centered. You can start with the most outer ring there is. I can make anything funny. Anything. I'm not kidding you. I believe you. At least the outer circle. and the, 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 There might be 23,000 more circles mm. to get to the target, but we'll get there if you stay put. And we appreciate you all being here, Bob. Thanks again. Anything of this live podcast. We'll see you next time, right, Bob? Yeah, it's great. Okay, see you then. And now, Dr. Drew Pitsky. Can you see by the dawn's early light What so proudly we hailed At the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars Through the perilous fight all the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming. And the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave all the land.